to story notice. And now let's begin with the magic power of a tree. Chapter 12 The Land of Do As You Please Joe jumped up to the engine of the train. A bright fire was burning there. As it was a steam train, he looked as it was a steam train, he looked at all the shining handles and wheels. How should I know which is which? he asked the driver. Well, said the driver, pointing at all the different knobs and handles. That's the starting wheel, and that's to make the whistle go, and that's to go slow, and that's to go fast. Can't make them. You can't make a mistake. Don't forget to stop at the station, William. Hello. Look out for the road crossing gates. In case they're shot, it would be dangerous not to take care there. Joe felt tremendously excited. Rick looked up longingly and said, Joe, could I come too? He begged. Please let me. Just to watch you, not to drive the train. Alright, said Joe. So Rick hop on, hopped on to the engine. Beth, Fanny, Moonface and Silky got into a carriage behind the guard ran alongside waving a flag and blowing his whistle. The signal is down, yelled Rick. Go on, Joe. Start her up. Joe twisted the starting wheel. The engine began to jump, jump, jump and moved out of the station. Joe's really driving the train. Oh, isn't he clever? He's always wanted to be a train driver. The train began to go very fast. Too fast. Joe pulled the go slow handle and it went more slowly. He was so interested in what he was doing that he didn't know that they were coming to a station. He shot right through it. Joe! cried Rick. You've gone through a station! Gosh! The passengers are waiting! And oh look! They are all looking mad! And so many people wanted to come on the train with us! Sure enough, quite a number of mad people were looking out of the carriage window. Yelling at Joe to stop. Joe went red. He pulled the stop handle. The engine stopped. Then Joe pulled the go backwards handle. And the train moved slowly backwards to the station. It stopped there. And Joe and Rick had the pleasure of seeing the passengers go in and out. The guard came rushing to them. You pass the station, you pass the station, he cried. Don't you dare pass any pass any stations again. All right, all right, said Joe. Now then, off we go again. And off they went. Keep a lookout for the stations, signals, tunnels and cross and road crossings. 
Yelda Yelled the station guard and then in the train Rick turned his head and watched. Road crossing, he cried. The gates are shut. Slow down, Joe, slow down. But unluckily, Joe pulled the go fast handles instead of the go slow one. And the train shot forward quickly. Just as the engine reached the gates, Joe pulled on the brakes. A little man rushed out of a cabin nearby just as the train came to a halt. You are a very bad driver, he shouted. You might have caused an accident. That was a narrow escape, said Joe quietly. When the road gates were open, Joe started off again. What's coming now, Rick? Joe asked. A tunnel, cried Rick. Whistle as you go through it, in case anyone is working there. So Joe made the engine whistle loud. It really was fun. It raced through the dark tunnel and came out near a station. Stop, Joe, stop, 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 cried Rick. And Joe stopped. Then on went the train again, whistling loudly. Rushing past Nigel's signals that were down. Then something happened. The go slow and the stop handles wouldn't work. The train raced on and passed the stations, big and small, through tunnels, past signals that were up, and behaved just as if it had gone mad. Hey! cried Rick in alarm. What's going on, Joe? Joe didn't know. For miles and miles, the train tore on, and the passengers also became alarmed. And then as the station drew near a station, it gave a loud sigh and ran slowly and then stopped by itself. And it was the very same station they had started from. The driver of the train was waiting there. So, you're back again, he said. Bye, you've been quick. Well, the, the, the engine didn't behave itself very well, said Joe, stepping down thankfully. It just ran away all the part, last part of the journey. It wouldn't stop anywhere. Oh, I dare say it wanted to come back to me. It's a naughty some. It's naughty sometimes. Come along and I help and dive it with me. No, thank you," said Joe. "I think I have had enough. It was fun though. Bye." Beth, Fanny, Moonface, and Silky got out of their carriages. They had been rather frightened the last part of the journey. But they still thought Joe was very clever to drive the train by himself. They all left the station. 
Now what shall we do? cried Joe. I want to ride an elephant, said Fanny at once. There aren't any, Fanny, said Beth. But no sooner had she spoken than the laugh the children saw six big grey elephants walking solemnly up to them, swaying from side to side. Oh, look, 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 everyone! And everyone, of course, filled with excited excitement when Fanny yelled. There are my elephants! Six of them! We can all have a ride! Each elephant had a rope ladder going on its left side, leading to a little seat which was fixed around the elephant's back. The children, Moonface and Snooky, each climbed up the rope ladder and sat on a comfortable seat on the elephant's back. Then the big creatures set off, swaying their trunks to the crowd. It was lovely. Fanny did enjoy herself. She called to the others. Wasn't this a good idea of mine? Everybody, aren't we high up? And isn't this fun? It is fun, of course, said Joe, who had never seen an elephant before and would certainly never have thought of riding one. Oh, goodness! My ladder has slipped off my elephant! cried Moonface suddenly. Now I shall never be able to get down. I'll have to ride this elephant all my life. Oh my God. Everyone laughed, but Moonface was really alarmed. When the children had enough of riding, they all climbed down their rope ladders. But poor Moonface sat on his elephant, looking very worried. I tell you, I can't get down, he kept saying. I'm up here for good. The elephant stood patiently for a little while. Then it swung its enormous trunk around, wound it gently around Moonface's waist, and lifted him down to the ground. Moonface was so surprised that he couldn't speak for a while. At last he found his tongue. What, what, what did the elephant lift, lift me down with? He asked. His nose? No, his trunk, said Joe laughing. Didn't you know that elephants have trunks, Moonface? No, said Moonface puzzled. I'm glad that he didn't pack me away as baggage. The children laughed. They watched the big elephants walking off. What shall we do now? Asked Joe. Rick, what do you want to do? Well, I, I know I can't do, do it, but I would love to wait in, in the sea, said Rick. Ooh, that would be nice, said Fanny, who loved wading too. But there isn't any sea here. Just 
Patsy said, she said that she not she noticed a signboard nearby. It pointed from them and said in big letters, "To the sea." Wow! Look at that," said Fanny. "Come on, everyone!" And off they went, running the way to the signpost, to where the signpost pointed. And after going round two corners, there, sure enough, was the blue sea, lying bright and calm in the long sunshine. Shining golden sand stretched to the little waves. Oh, good! cried Rick, taking off his shoes and socks at once. Come on! Soon everyone was wading in the warm sea. Moonface and Silky had never waded before, but they loved that as much as the children did. Rick went out so far that all his clothes were soaking wet. Oh, Rick, you're wet. You're going to catch a cold," cried Beth. "Come back this minute. This is the land of do as you please, isn't it, Beth?" shouted Rick, jumping about in the water and getting wet. "Well, I, I'll do as I please," he said. "Let's make a huge sandcastle." cried moonface then we can all sit on top when the sea comes up not to get wet we can't said silky suddenly looking disappointed why not cried joe isn't this a land of do as you please silky yes said silky but it's time we went back to the far away tree this land will be soon on the move and as nice as it is, we don't want to, or we don't all want to forever live here. Gosh, no, Silky, you're right," said Joe. "Our parents couldn't do without us." Rick, come back! We're going home. Rick didn't want it to be left behind. He waded back at once, his clothes dripping wet. They all made their way to the hole that led through the cloud to the faraway tree. We did have a lovely time," sighed Joe, looking back longingly at the happy land he was leaving behind. It's one of the nicest lands that has ever been at the top of the tree. They all felt tired. As they crowded into Moonface's room, don't fall asleep until you get to your house," whispered Moonface. "Take cushions, all of you, and slide down the slippery slip." They went down the slippery slip, yawning. They made their way home and fell into bed, tired out and happy. And in the morning, when their mother spoke to Rick, Rick, why are you, your clothes so wet this morning? Uh, oh, I wait, I waded too deep in the sea," said Rick, and he couldn't un- understand why his aunt Polly said he was a naughty little storyteller. 
and that is the end of chapter 12 we will be doing chapter 13 in the next episode for now from me no goodbye and have a nice day